Hello and welcome to The Long Short, a new podcast brought to you by AIMA, the Alternative Investment Management Association, focusing on the very latest insights on hedge funds and private credit. My name is Tom Keogh. AIMA is the global representative of the alternative investment industry with around 2,000 corporate members spread across 60 countries. Of these, our fund manager members account for approximately $2.5 trillion in hedge fund and private credit assets. Each weekly episode of The Long Short will examine topical areas of interest from across the alternative investment universe, news, views, and analysis delivered by AIMA's global team, as well as a host of industry experts. So whether you're a hedge fund or a private credit industry veteran, a student of the industry, or just someone interested in learning more about hedge funds and private credit, this podcast will be your ideal companion to help navigate you through the long and short of this fascinating industry. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of The Long Short. And this week we focus on AIMA's work with its emerging hedge fund managers. AIMA's hedge fund manager membership counts for over 1,000 hedge funds globally, of which almost two-thirds of that total are small and emerging hedge funds. And last month saw AIMA host its annual Next Generation of Manager event and a very welcome return of AIMA in-person events to London. Later in the show, we hear from AIMA's Fiona Treble, who coordinates AIMA's efforts with our emerging and next generation of fund managers. But before then, this week's episode features interviews with two of the key speakers at this event. In part one, we speak to Lawrence Obatelli, Director of Prime Brokerage Sales at Cowan. Lawrence presented the key findings from our latest research report, which AIMA did in conjunction with Cowan, which looked at the latest trends for the next generation of fund managers, including the fees charged by emerging hedge funds, the average hedge count of funds, the costs of running a fund, including the break-even costs for running funds, and the average time taken for funds of this type to close on a new investment. The new report, Emerging Stronger, is available on AIMA's website to download. Well, later in the podcast, we premiere our first on-location interview, taking place in the wings at the NextGen conference, where I sat down with Priya Mehta, a partner of Buzzacott, an international accounting and HR consultancy, and got her take on how emerging manager clients are faring in the current market environment. We hope you enjoy the show. Lawrence Obertelli of Cowan Prime Brokers, you are very welcome to the launch. Thank you very much, Tom. Pleasure to be here. So, Lawrence, Cowan are the co-lead sponsors of the 2022 AIM and Next Generation of Managers Summit being held in London. What are you hearing regarding the current environment for the next generation of fund managers and emerging managers during this time? Wow. So that uh, there's just so much in that question, right? It's just such an interesting time. Where to start? Um, so, look, I think overall I'd say it's... It's, it's a real bit mixed bag of sentiments at the moment. So that's definitely true of both existing managers running a product, but also those that are launching. So it's, you know, every time I hear or, or speak to a client, I hear of something very different in nature. So, you know, we've got some who have fared well and managed to sort of uh, navigate these turbulent markets okay, and, and actually some that have got very good performance. And then, as you might have expected, some that have, have suffered a little bit. There is a bit of a, a common theme emerging with those that have suffered a downturn. And, uh, you know, there's this sense that these are mark-to-market losses. The portfolio, there's still quality in there. It should recover throughout the course of time. So there is that potential silver lining there. Um, with the clients that are about to launch, again, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So, you know, there are some that are very optimistic and there are some that have, I don't know, a bit of trepidation. Um 
as you might expect, clients that are launching with well hedge strategies with tight net exposures, they're more eager to get to market. And those that are a little bit more long biased, they've been they've been okay to sort of sit it out a little bit and, and let the course take its normal pace without speeding into market. So that's kind of what I'd say, really. There's a, there's a real mixed bag of sentiments out there. And the conference will be marked by the very exciting launch of a new research paper, Emerging Stronger, uh, that Amy did in conjunction with Cowan, and which seeks to better understand how emerging managers are operating their business. Can you provide us with a little bit of background on this study? Sure, yeah. So as you say, we, we co-authored this together and, and, and we actually co-authored one five years ago together. So it, we thought it would be a very interesting thing to do to follow up that survey because so much has happened in, in these last five years. Um, we thought we'd pick a core set of questions to revisit. And that way we could perhaps see some trends emerging and perhaps see where things have changed slightly. So that was the idea really, is to kind of revisit the past and see what all of these uh, very interesting turn of events have, how, how they've affected the various findings from five years ago. And Lawrence, key areas of this report, as you say, included an examination as to, as to how firms are managing their operations and the time taken to close funds, that is, to close on new investments. So what did the report then tell us with regard to these findings? Yeah, so let's, I mean, there's a lot in there. So let's start with the good news. It takes managers on average around six months to 6.3 months to close on an investment. So that's from first conversation to actually getting the AUM into the fund. It varies a little bit per region. For example, the US is slightly quicker than that and the US is slightly longer, but roughly we're talking about six months. So that's, that's good news. We think that's good news. The investor part of the survey, so I should have said actually earlier that the survey was two part. One, we uh, surveyed managers and two, we actually surveyed the investors that invest into emerging managers. The investor part, it, it gave us some interesting food for thought. So one of the questions was, what would be a barrier to investing? Around 80% of investors said they would not invest in a manager if they had concerns regarding operational due diligence, poor administration standards, and if there was a lack of transparency. There were other issues uh, around style drift and poor business plans. They were the, the next two in line. So you can see there's there's very little tolerance for poor business management. And those are the by far the, the top reasons not to invest. Interestingly, though, only 42% of investors cited high fees as a barrier to investing. So that we thought was also good news. The most promising finding was that only 11% of investors said that AUM being too low, i.e. Uh, being proportionately too large within the fund uh, as being an issue. So, you know, five years ago, this was the number one reason not to invest. So back then, there was clearly more of this classic chicken and egg stalemate of, of not having an AUM and, and that's stopping you from getting more AUM. And that seems to have abated a little bit. That's really fascinating. If we could just dwell on that for a moment longer, because, of, of course, one of the biggest challenges managers face in their first few years is often just getting in front of potential investors because they may not necessarily have uh, a multi-year track record and, and maybe they are uh, dismissed because of their smaller size relative to the market. But, but maybe things are changing then, you're implying. So are you seeing much evidence of investors allocating to smaller and emerging managers? Yes. Now, I think it's similar to what I said earlier. There's a, there's a real mixed bag here. 
So some clients have enjoyed a steady stream of subscriptions actually over the last few months and, and all throughout COVID. And, uh, you know, for others, it, it has been tough. So what I'd say is, uh, probably more so than in the past, actually, is is AUM is going to managers who represent less of a risky bet. There's less, uh, you know, quote unquote, taking a punt going on. So if a manager is well organized with a good team, pedigree, and importantly, some seed, um, then, then those managers, are, uh, they, they're getting some traction. So, you know, the important thing is, of course, is, you know, how much seed? Well, it doesn't have to be a large amount, but what we're seeing is, is you do have to have something, you do have to have launched your product. But if you have a small seed, whether it be personal or personal and family and friends, um, and you're running your, you're running your strategy, um, these managers are making some traction. We're seeing that very clearly. And, and Lawrence, one finding that really stood out to me was this finding around break-even. Uh, the report this year is suggesting that break-even is as low as a quarter of that, uh, or, or rather is a quarter less than the break-even report cited five years ago. Uh, was that a surprise to you? Uh, and, uh, you know, what, why might you think that this break-even is as low as we suggest in the report this year? Yes, I, I think it wasn't so much as a surprise that it was lower, but by how much it was lower. So, um, you know, you know, a quarter less is, is quite a lot, right? So we, we, we had a, a roundtable, we conducted a few roundtables and asked anecdotally what, what might be the reasons to managers, to emerging managers as to, why this may have gone down. And we, we, we picked up on five core reasons. Um, and actually, um, th- some of them are fairly obvious. And uh, so, for example, travel uh, has gone down hugely, um, obviously, because first we couldn't travel. And then because some of the um, systems and Zoom and Teams and uh, the various things that we, we did throughout COVID have stuck. So, so travel hasn't returned to what it was, even though it may have done. Um, Similarly, with office costs, fairly obvious, um, you know, people were going into the office less, uh, less. So we see some clients that have given up their office entirely, others that are taking less space. Um, so office costs have gone down. Something that we always saw in the past and heard of in the past was this concept of sal- uh, salary sacrifice and sweat equity. What we got the sense of from the roundtables is this is very much increasing, um, you know, Times can be lean in, in the early days and, and this practice of salary sacrifice, not paying yourself in the first year, two years, um, perhaps this has gone up. Uh, and then two of the more positive reasons that we found were outsourcing being one of them um, and, and the use of platforms. So again, years ago, when we asked the, the last survey, outsourcing um, was, was very prevalent. We feel from the investor roundtables that 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 trend has only continued. Um, people are reducing um, their costs because of outsourcing increasingly. And then the last one I mentioned, which was the use of platforms. So there are various different platforms to help you get it up and running quickly and more cost effectively, not least when it comes to the fund structure and the management company structure. And this has become just more pre- uh, prevalent throughout the industry, which has caused some, some cost savings. And and you mentioned a little earlier in this discussion that uh, investors were not necessarily being put off by fees where they saw value in a manager's proposition. So just to sort of circle back for a minute, the report indicated that fees 
and that being both performance and management fees, have remained steady since uh, we last looked at this specific manager demographic back in 2017. And we do often hear about pressure on fees or that's sort of been a conversation for sort of, you know, at least the last decade. But it, this would imply that we have found somewhat of a natural flaw, albeit that is uh, quite below the classic 2 and 20 model. So, yes, uh, fees stayed uh, almost exactly the same. So management fees uh, are 1.4 percent and performance fees 16 um, percent. Now, the interesting thing is that the makeup of those fees and how the respondents answered the question is is where we learn a little bit more. We can see that actually the the managers charging the very lowest fees um, has actually reduced. So some some managers today are charging more. So there seems to be this crowding around the average of 1.4 management and, and, and 16 performance. There definitely seems to be a crowding around these fees. Uh, Lawrence, um, this has been very helpful. Uh, I know that you uh, will be presenting um, at the conference um, the full set of findings today. We just dived in some some of the key uh, findings for our listeners. Um, and the report will be available on our website and on, on the Cowan website. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you again for uh, co-leading uh, the uh, sponsor of the 2022 AIMA Next Generation of Managers Summit. And we hope to have you back on the long short again in in the not too distant future. Thank you very much for having me and I'm really looking forward to the event on Thursday. Fiona, you're very welcome back to the long short. Thanks very much, Tom. Now, Fiona, this week is an important week for AIMA being our Next Generation of Managers Conference. So our fair listeners, please could you describe the work that AIMA does with the next generation of managers? Yes, thanks, Tom. This is a group that's been going, I think, about 12 years. And you could probably answer that question better because um, you inaugurated it, Tom. But what we've been doing is having meetings and we have about six meetings a year. And the group is comprised of managers running up to half a billion. And I asked lawyers consultants, sometimes investors to come in and speak to the group and cover topics that are specifically pertinent to their stage of um, development, to the amount of AUM they have. And I think they find that quite useful. I run the group on Chatham House. We had 10 meetings actually in 2021 when the pandemic had taken hold. Um, And I I put on that number of meetings because I think the group really needed to um, keep together and keep talking with each other. But as I said, ordinarily, it's six meetings a year. And yes, um, every year for the past nine years, again, we missed it in 2021, we've had a half-day Next Generation Manager Forum when we look at topics, again, that are pertinent to this particular group. And the conference is meant to be focused on um, what managers need to be thinking about when they start a fund or if they've already started a fund, the continuing operational asset raising issues. So yes, we're very much looking forward to it and, and seeing some of our members and friends again. And just to clarify, is the group only open to AIMA members? No. Um, I am quite militant about generally ensuring as head of membership that it's only members that get to enjoy our benefits. But 
for the sake of next generation managers who are maybe starting out, um, who don't have that much money, I'm happy to open those meetings to managers that aren't yet members of AMA, with the view in mind that they get a taste and an idea of the kind and quality of work we do, so that they eventually, when they're in a position, will be able to join. And Fiona, we are speaking to you ahead of AMA's annual event for Next Generation of Managers. And this, of course, will be the first in-person event to be held here in London in over two years. Are you looking forward to having everyone back in the room and, and not dialing in virtually? Um, I'm very much looking forward, I think most of us are, to having everyone back in the room. Yes, Tom, thank you very much. We're really looking forward to being back in person. It seems like an age, but um, it's going to be an excellent event. Um, I've spoken to a lot of the delegates and they're very keen to be back in the room. This is an established AIMER event. Uh, we've run nine, this will be our ninth um, sadly, we weren't able to have a live event in 2020, although we did manage to um, transpose to digital last year. And um, we had three afternoon sessions, which I think were useful and good. But there's nothing like being in a room with your peers. Um, I would also add that these events kindly get supported by our sponsors. And I think sponsors have really missed out on being able to talk to managers and find out what's happening and hopefully get in front of their clients and potential clients. So, yes, we are really looking forward to it. Thank you. And I know I am very much looking forward to my first AIMA Emerging Manager event. So with that in mind, could you just whet our appetites a little bit and talk us through the agenda? Yes, certainly. So as usual, there are four panels um, and I've tried to make them slightly different. Uh, I think the topics are ones that have come up before, but with a slightly different slant. So our first panel is going to be looking at regulation and this is something that AMA does very well, but we're not going to be focusing on the anacronyms. Um, the focus of the panel is looking at how, as a COO, sitting in um, an asset management firm, maybe you're the only person that has a regulatory focus for the business. How do you cope with that? How do you keep on top of regulation? So that's very much going to be a panel looking at practical tips. The second panel um, is focused on how can you come to market as a new manager. Back in the day, you were usually a trader coming off of a floor with some money, a little bit of track record, maybe with prop trading. Um, over the years, that's really developed. And there are very, very, very many different ways that a manager can set up. So we have um, four panellists that will be focusing on that. Our third panel is focused on technology and is really all about cost savings and priorities um, in this world of technology. And we've all had to become up to a point tech specialists over the last couple of years. Um, but what are the priorities and the main concerns for next generation managers? Again, those people who might not have as much money to spend on tech as the larger firms. And finally, and last but not least, um, we always have a panel on asset raising, which is something that's very close to my heart. And we have four speakers who are IR and asset raising specialists who are going to focus on once you've got your um, first tranche of money, probably from friends and family, how do you get to the next level? 
Um, we have a speaker at that day and one of our co-lead sponsors, Cowan, who, as you know, we've just done um, a survey with. They're going to be showcasing that survey at the event. And that's going to be very interesting because I know some of the some of the um, takeaways from that survey are quite are quite surprising in a good way, though. So I'm, I'm really pleased that the audience is going to have um, have a preview of that. And in addition to the Next Gen Conference, Fiona, what other information would a next generation manager or an emerging manager find at AIMA? Well, the good thing about AIMA is is we're quite democratic in our approach to members. So they will get access to exactly the same thing as all the other members, irrelevant of strategy and size. So regulatory um, input, our sound practice guides, when you're starting up a fund, if you're doing the right thing, you will eventually be asked for an AIMA DDQ. Um, we have DDQs that are focused for managers, but also focused on selecting your service provider, which can be very helpful as well. And I think what's extremely valuable is the networking. So joining groups and being able to talk to peers and without giving away any um secret source, understanding the challenges um, peers are having with their businesses as well. And another thing that I think is a real bonus when you're a member of AMA is having direct access to our government and regulatory affairs team. Um, when I say that, I, I see firsthand members, as I say, regardless of size, being able to phone me up and talking to one of our regulatory specialists just to get a handle maybe on a piece of regulation, maybe understanding what other people are doing as well. And there's a price on that. There's, there's a big price for that. If you were talking to some of your service providers, you would be charged for that. Um, that's all um, bundled up into the membership fee. So I do think that... Um, there are lots of benefits to being a member of AIMA if you're a next generation manager. So the word being sign up if you're not an AIMA member. Of course. Well, as always, Fiona, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on the pod, given that you are a few days away from one of your main events of the year. We do appreciate it. All the best with the event on Thursday. Uh, I've had a look at the list. I know it's oversubscribed. I'm sure the room will be bustling with energy and everybody very excited to be meeting each other again maybe for the first time in some years so all the best and i'm sure i'll see you then thank you drew and tom and always a pleasure hello priya and welcome to the longshore live at our emerging manager event in london could you just start by introducing yourself and explaining what buzzercott is if there is anyone out there that doesn't know sure thanks drew um yeah, so I'm Priya Mehta. I'm a partner at Buzzacott LLP and I head up our regulatory reporting um, and advisory practice. Been with the firm for 13 plus years now. Oh, gosh, that feels like a long time. Um, but Buzzacott predominantly is a traditional mid-tier accountancy firm. Um, we've been in establishment for over 100 years and we have more than 500 employees. Um, we are a training firm, so we sort of look after our trainees with their ACA, ACCA training. Um, and um, one of the sort of sectors we specialize in, which is why I'm here today, um, is the financial services sector. So we have uh, more than 100 FCA regulated entities. Um, we look after their audit and tax. 
um, but um, also predominantly the non-ordered non services, um, which is what we sort of uh, put together and call them as corporate business services. Um, under that banner, if you like, um, it's predominantly uh, management accounts preparation, um, payroll, VAT, compliance, um, company secretarial, and the regulatory reporting, which is sort of my um, mini area of specialism. Um, and yeah, over the past um, many years, uh, we've grown um, pretty much out of the sort of growth in the industry itself, uh, but specifically within my um, sector, it is the constant influx of regulations which has allowed us to offer more and more um, sort of services to our existing clients or you could almost say that allowed us the opportunity to take the burden away from our existing clients. Um, so yeah, that's who we are in a nutshell. And, and as you can probably hear, we are in person for the first time in two years. And so you uh, maybe did one of your first panel sessions in person in a little while. I know a few people are, are a little bit rusty at that, but <laughs> enjoying getting back out there as well. So just in terms of uh, today and, and how this event fits into the, the emerging manager calendar, if you will, what mm -hmm. were you hoping to really get from it? Um, so yes, absolutely. I mean, first of all, extremely happy to be uh, back at an event in person. Um, we did attend the new emerging managers um, uh, event three years ago, I think, and then there was an online one last year which we um, participated in as well. Um, I think you're right, you know, you feel a bit rusty when suddenly there are so many people in the room, but probably that is the best part about this event. Um, really impressed with the turnaround and um, uh, the number of people that are here and the panel discussions that have been arranged and um, you know very topical what i'm looking here from the day today is obviously um go and say hello to a lot of familiar faces and there are a lot of them but more importantly also to get an understanding of where um you know the industry is now that we are back from the pandemic so to say or also the sort of the, the geopolitical events the ukraine and everything else you know it all plays a role as to people have changed and I think their outlook has changed, their objectives have changed and actually it's a really good time to catch up and sort of find a starting point to what was a habit really in the past. I'm going to steal an expression from our US colleagues here. They described our first event in the US as a, as a school reunion vibe <laughs> in the way of people seeing each other for the first time in a little while. And I'm sort of getting that sense here as well. And I think that will probably continue for another few events until everybody's back in the, back in the circuit again. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and we've had a few panels now, which has you know, really reiterated for me just how interesting a time it is to be an emerging manager at the moment. And, we were uh, we speaking on the on the most recent panel about you know the the, the managers that launched during COVID and, and what a unique and challenging time that must have been. As I said, the, the whole day is really going to reflect the unique circumstances that we find ourselves in compared to a few years ago. So, it, with that in mind, would you say there's one particular trend or or topic that you were really hoping to dive into today, just sort of in generally in terms of the panels, but also meeting your peers? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, AIMA have always done a fantastic job, I think, in terms of highlighting what are the, you know, challenges for a new manager. Um, historically, it has always been regulations and yes, the face of the regulation changes, but in many ways, it is still the regulations which drives a lot of um, decision making. Um, 
I think Brexit has had its own spell, if you like, in terms of making things probably a bit more challenging. Um, but you know, very much in 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 line with what was discussed at the panels today, and and sort of the panel that I was on, uh, which was focused on fear of missing something. I think it's not really the fear of missing something um, in entirety. I think it's the fear of missing something that was small mm. and was still important. And then you know, nobody advised me on that. I think for for generally speaking, for CEOs, that is still the biggest challenge to. uh know everything that is important to their business um and um that that in my opinion that will always continue to to be the trend um what we also see um which is not heavy in today's discussion and probably i'm grateful for that is the the, the sort of the future of the products like cryptos for example mm. i think that will dominate the market in in the next sort of um decade or so um the sort of automation digital assets all of that will play a lot of a uh, role and will drive the changes that will come in the future I won't put you on the spot and ask you for the future of tax oh, and regulation oh. in crypto. <laughs> no, I don't think I can answer that anyway. <laughs> I don't think anybody can. I mean, say it's 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 really interesting to to see people and especially to speak to these managers, uh, you know, firsthand. Very often, you you find in discussions people are speaking about emerging managers and not necessarily to emerging managers, which mm-hmm. is why mm-hmm. events like this are so good. Yeah. But in terms of the conversations you're having with your clients. Mm-hmm. Is there anything coming through that you're hearing, sort of time and again, in terms of, uh, you know, as you mentioned, it's it's maybe the little things that slip through, and just to steal another uh, cliche, we've heard a lot about CFOs and CEOs having to wear many hats in the beginning yes. and be polymaths and across so many different areas, mm-hmm. and that's really where the service provider community comes in. Mm-hmm. to just share the load there. Mm-hmm. So as I say, you know, you obviously have many conversations with managers big and small, but just to to dwell on the on the emerging managers as a topic of the day, mm-hmm. do you find that there is one thing that comes up again and again or sort of one category of problems that comes up? Yeah, I think, you know, as a as startup managers, um, you know, not having budget for everything is the biggest challenge so um you know we um you know pride in working with them through that difficult phase um you know till they're able to raise assets and actually become more independent um but finding cost effective solutions to um problems or um areas of um advice is probably the most important uh, most sort of challenging part that our clients mm. face um typically they have to get a few things right like for example tax you know tax really drives the jurisdictions that you are in the structure that you need to put in place you have to get that right so typically you have to really spend that money with the right law firm or um, the right advisor to get that right for you um but from there on it is about uh, making sure that you have um you know adequate um methods or processes in place to um you know get your investors so that you have your um assets being raised in the right manner um and then of course there are events like the 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 ukraine situation which then can have a massive impact on your strategy which is you know um which is something that you can't prepare for um very easily so i think there are constant challenges for um hedge fund managers um to deal with mm no absolutely as says uh, the for any manager that has launched in the last sort of 3 years they've had to 
deal with you know all the topics you've mentioned brexit and then covid now ukraine yeah, yeah. now we're in a high inflation period and, yes, and, and that's absolutely. you know much more besides so j- just finally then do you find that the the questions you're getting and and, and the challenges that they're bringing forward are evolving and that that the environment as a whole is becoming uh, I don't want to say easier, but but maybe more sophisticated. And and just to give an example, we heard in the presentation on uh, an upcoming port report that Aimer is doing with Cowan mm-hmm. that some investors are maybe becoming more open to investing in in managers that are maybe newer or smaller than what was previously considered sort of the the, the magic threshold of of a three year track record or a mm-hmm. hundred million AUM. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to maybe see some evidence that that is lowering maybe as a contribute uh, as a a factor of the smaller ticket sizes that they're now able to write or as the investor community becomes more sophisticated they may are able to take on those managers but are you finding that we are uh, moving to maybe a new environment a new paradigm for emerging managers or is it really just as difficult as it always was (laughs) um no i think in many ways it is still quite difficult to sort of set off to kick off your business that is still quite difficult um, at the same time um, the challenge also is that there's just too much information on hand mm. there are you know probably about you know, I mean I've been sort of part of this industry um, for over 10 years and I think 10 years ago you know you could really read everything that gets published in a week's time now you just cannot so i can imagine if you're front running your business there is you know how much there is to actually keep a track and digest and filter out as to what's relevant what's not relevant um so i think just too much data and too much information around you is um um is probably the challenge i would say mm. and i think just and, just think- to lean on your uh, the panel you're on where you mentioned you know then you have quiet weeks and then you have not so quiet weeks when it comes to yeah. regulatory proposal publications yes you have the dear ceo letters and, and yeah. everything else in between yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know if you look at the the news cycle and how uh, that's priced into market movements and everything yeah. else that's it really does information overload i think is the perfect way to describe yeah, it absolutely and you know personally i i you know i i lean a lot on what aima then you know sort of um, concise and you know comprehend um, an FCS consultation paper for example mm-hmm. I, I, I wait for that and I read that as my starting point because I know that you know that is as legitimate um, as it can get in terms of um, um, almost sort of digesting a, a 500 page document into um, sort of you know 30 40 pages or whatever it is so um, in many ways I think there are lots of experts in the industry who um, are probably in the similar boat and uh, you know who who take pride in actually um, keeping the industry informed um, and you know we, we we play our role in in doing that as well so um, um, but it is it is a journey in a way um, and I think it'll it, in my opinion it'll just get more and more complex um, as we go along well I think that's the perfect place to stop with a, a an unplanned for Amos GRA team and the, and the hard work that they do mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. Priya, I will let you get back to all your <laughs> colleagues and peers who, are, who you haven't seen. Thank you so much Thank for joining us on the Long Short. Thank you very much.
The Long Short was brought to you by AMAT, the Alternative Investment Management Association, the global representative for the alternative investment industry. As always, you can get the latest episodes by subscribing to The Long Short on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, or by streaming episodes directly from our website, AMAT.org. Thanks for listening.